Oh, you guys going in the hot tub this weekend? You, Rose, Sean, and Debbie? We got to videotape that. Yeah, that could be a whole new episode. My GoPros are waterproof. All right. Three, two, one. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast Classic. I'm Ralph Quattrucci. I'm Sean Murphy. I'm Deborah Murphy. I'm John Quattrucci. I'm Chris Coker. And I am looking forward to seeing you all in person this weekend. Where? That is going to happen, but we don't I remember. It's a, I think it's a rerun, but I can't remember. It's a. Uh, it's a sequel. The fourth, what do we call it? The fourth, uh, I, I, think, think, it's it's a re- I think it's a reboot. It's a I think reform. it's more of a reboot. Yeah, uh, we're retconning, we're retconning the situation. We're going <laughs> to make it more, we're going to make it more woke than the last three. So we're going to be fine. Hello, everybody. Psych. Hello, everybody. We'll Hi, see Ralph. you guys. We're Hi, everyone. See you guys. Great hats. Great hats. They are very nice. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see you guys in a couple days, but oh, there uh, he goes. Chris, Chris, take the hat off. Your hair looks the best it's looked in a long time. Keep the hat off. I love it. Look at how's, him, a, how's everybody this week? Good, great. great how great. are you? Wow. You seem a little nervous. On pins and needles. Very excited. Tense. Very excited seeing people in three dimensions, getting married for the fourth time, having a big, you know, little party kind of thing. I don't know what the scissors are for, but yeah, so big week. Well, yeah, big I know week. you're tying the knot, but if you need scissors. No, I'm good. That knot is going to be solid. Do you think you guys uh, will have any kids? I've gained two and she's gained five. So that's, that's what's going to so happen. Well, he enough. did have his, he was thinking about adopting a 17 year old Swedish girl, but I don't know how that's going. Maria's so really, we'll she to, frowned we'll upon that one. That I don't know yeah. why. She wasn't why. crazy about that, but I got a couple of grandkids enough. too. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's you big. are like, it's be big. this is, yeah, this is, right. so we don't have to talk about this anymore. Let's talk about what we watched this week and then we'll get into the family. Love it. Um, John, let's go with you. Is that way you can stop? Well, Ralph, it's funny you should ask. I watched several things, and I'm going. This is my tribute to Drew this week. Thank you. Very um, much. I finished watching The Offer, which is fantastic. I loved it, and it made me dig down the rabbit hole for Al Ruddy and Bob Evans. Uh, I just love this series. It was really, really well done, and I can't recommend it high, highly enough. I also watched two movies. Well, wait, I... wait, before you go further, yes. because that's what I was going to bring up. Let's, okay. Let's, I'll talk about the offer that way. I don't have to do it later. Okay. I love the last three episodes. Yes. And I am super in love with Bob Evans. Now, I understand that this is a portrayal of Bob Evans, yeah. and I'm sure they went over the top, but I don't really think they yeah, went that I don't over know. the top. And the way this guy played him, and if that if that Bob Matthew Evans Good. like that, that's a dude I would have wanted to hang out with. Yeah. I just couldn't get over how much fun he was and how great the guy playing. I actually him. think he was the best one in it. I like absolutely Miles Teller, was, but he was the best one. In actually, it. the guy playing Brando, I thought did a nice job. Yeah, too. but he's hardly in it. I mean, really. I know, but still, he, he still carried the essence of Brando, and I thought it was well. Good. So and, did the guy playing Pacino. He had the whole tilt his head and kind of shy. It's just the whole thing. The period. The way they recreated the period, and and it's funny because a lot of the a lot of the iconic scenes they don't show you. They show that's what I was them watching the scene being done. It's really interesting the way they do it. But all but the little snippets, you know, they threw in the, the horse head decision, how they figured right. out the horse head. The fact that Brando uses cue cards. One of them was he had uh, Robert Duvall had a cue card right. taped to his front of his thing. I, I loved all that inside baseball when it came to The Godfather, and uh, I just thought it was super. But again, I walked away just 
madly in love with Bob Evans. I just, and I, you know, I listened to his doc. I watched his doc, The Kid Stays in the Picture. And even then I was impressed. But this thing just put it over the top. That's all I wanted to say. I just thought yeah. the guy playing okay. him was great. So, yeah, I, I and, recommend uh, it. Go ahead, he was in The Boys this week. He was? Paul Reiser's character this week in The Boys basically is Robert Evans. It's pretty funny, actually. That is, yeah, he's a uh, Hollywood don't give us I've only seen one episode. That. I'm waiting until they all drop. Hey, I just want to say, um, so now that Godfather, um, the offer is done, Debbie and I can do like our one-month sample subscription to um, Paramount Plus, watch that, maybe a couple other shows. But first, we, you know, did, well, we're jumping ahead. We started after the recommendation. Wait, wait, wait. John wasn't done. Wait yeah, John a wasn't done. No, John it's okay. It's things. Ralph's show. He can do whatever he wants. He wants <laughs> let, to. Let, let John finish since I jumped on John. Well, John, hold your thought. You're letting I John finish? I did I did read that they're talking about maybe doing a sequel. And it would be interesting if they actually made the sequel the longest yard. Because I didn't realize oh, that was fun. the yeah, connection they between that the two, which pretty Randall cool. But the other head. two things I watched, and I'll make this quick, and I know I've mentioned this a bunch of times, but I just rewatched The General again, Buster Keaton. Yeah, it's just on TV. I, I, I can't tell you how much I love that movie. It's just so good, and it, it, it every time I see it, I still have the same reaction to it. And the last thing I watched, so when I was uh, a junior in high school, I had the lead in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Mm-hmm. And I just watched the movie with uh, Robert Morris in Rudy Valley. And um, I love the movie. It probably couldn't get made today because of the, uh, the office uh, dynamics that existed in the sixties that don't exist anymore. It's a man, but it's, it was very theatrical uh, as if the sets and everything, it, it wasn't done in a realistic way other than the outdoor location shooting that they did, but everything else, it was really stylized, but Robert Morris was, was really good in it. And, um, it's funny, I look back, and I didn't see the movie before I did it because I didn't want to copy him, and I really wish I did see it because there was stuff he did that I really should have copied. Uh, but I just love that musical, and it's one of my favorites, and it was nice to see. I hadn't seen it in a long time. It was nice to see it again. That's you, know, what it's, it, you know, Robert Morris, I think he spent most of his Morse. Morris on Broadway because he should have done a lot, he could have done a lot more movies. I thought he was very talented. Well, did, did, I, I don't even remember. Did he win? Did he win the Academy Award for that? No, I don't think. Couldn't. I'm not sure if he did. I think he was nominated. But you know, it was, mean, it was perfect. It was I perfect think he in the was role. Mainly a stage actor, right? Musical theater actor, right? But I always found him very talented in anything I saw him in. Awesome, John. Is that it? Or that's uh, it, man. I get three things, Ralph. That's more than I usually do. Right. So. Well, I was going to go to Sean, but maybe no. Go ahead, Sean. Well, we were just, Debbie and I, we get all of our recommendations for what to watch from this podcast. And um, so we started watching The Boys season one. We're six episodes in. And nice. what a terrific show. It is really good. But, you know, the fact that I know that there's two more seasons seems to indicate that they're not going to resolve the conflict in season one. <laughs> You know. Well, different conflicts, that's all. Well, but I tell you what, I, I'm glad to see it keep going because I, I like the characters. So we're six episodes in and around the fifth episode, I said, uh-oh, I'm starting to think I'm going to get sick of it. Why were you thinking of getting sick of it? You no, know, I usually, when there's a, a series, I usually start, if I'm going to get sick of it, I get a hint of it on the fifth show. And I got okay. a little hint of it, but that's not going to happen. I no, I, I don't think no. so. The series terrific. 
Yeah, because it goes off the rails. Here's a little uh, something about the boys. So the graphic novel, the main character played by Quaid. I can't remember the character's name. Um, um, Huey. 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 In the, in the graphic novel, the artist based it on Simon Pegg. So he looked exactly like Simon huh. Pegg. That's why Simon Pegg plays the father in this yeah. show, because of that. He said he wanted to play he, he wanted to play Huey, but the guy said, no, you're too old for Huey. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of sad because Debbie's like, oh, that's that guy from Shaun of the yeah. Dead. And I'm like, no, that's not him. And sure enough, it was. Yeah. He recognized him first. I'm like, he's getting too old. Well, they aged him, too, for the We're show. All I mean, definitely. Old. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't want him to get old. Wow. Him or Nick Frost. Now, what are you going to do? Yeah, uh, Nick Frost, right? Is that it? You guys have anything else? Or the boys? The boys? You no, we're just watching now. the boys. Yeah, it's great. You know what? I was going to go and see Jurassic World Dominion. Oh. But after the uh, review, you know, the secondhand review, the backhanded secondhand review, <laughs> you know, I, I sort of sat that one. Sat yeah, that's getting mixed hand. reviews. I mean, it's I think getting people, mixed reviews, but it's making a boatload of money. Uh, it's a spectacle. It's Jurassic Park. It's crazy. What are you going to do? I, I don't know if I mentioned it on this show or not, but uh, a guy that I know who has similar taste in movies like me, you, he walked out after an hour. You mentioned that last He week. hated it. He at, at the cost of movies now, me walking out, it's not an option. I've never walked out. I've wanted to walk out of movies, but I've never walked out. Yeah. I'm just the principle of it. I can't even, you, you know, know, if it's a bad movie, it's a bad movie. But I did walk you- out about five of them, and I'm going to do a blog. I, I remember the list of all the films like I walked out on. And I think I'm going to do a blog about Has it. Has anyone else ever walked out of a movie? I yeah, walked no. out of a free movie. I walked out of Midnight Express, and I didn't have to pay for it because that's when we were getting tickets from those the Ann oh Tom whatever, Morton those guys. Yeah, I walked out of that one. I shouldn't have because it's great, but there was a scene, in particular scene. I was there with my girlfriend. It just didn't. It felt a little weird, but uh, wow! Oh, that I don't walk out of anything. I have to put on the list. Oh my yeah. gosh, we have a story, but we can never tell it, or else we'd okay. have to kill y'all, y'all. Uh, okay, but, uh, Chris, Chris, tell, okay, me, that, tell me the story, Chris, Debbie. No, I can't. Chris, Chris was about to say something about walking out of a film. Yeah, I want to know what movie it was. No, no, it was literally like one of those things where I was in the mall and I was bored to death and I went to see um, National Lampoon's Senior Trip. (laughs) And I remember at one point looking at my – and part of it was this, this truthfully. I looked at my watch and I was like, oh, the prophecy is about to start, which I had already seen. So I just got up and went to see the prophecy again, which is a movie, which is a great little overachieving B film, you know? Yeah. 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 That's with Christopher Walken, that one. Mm -hmm. And Eric Stoltz. Yeah. And Elias Koteas. And all right. Since you're talking, Chris, what did you watch this week? Um, I'm going to, I started watching one thing, but I think I'll talk. I I didn't finish the first episode, but also I think I'll talk about that maybe after I watch a few, but, um, uh, I was doing some stuff, you know, work stuff, basically mindless type stuff. So I put on in the background uh, Judd Apatow's second series that failed after one season, Undeclared. I don't Such know if anyone's ever seen Undeclared. Um, it is not as good as Freaks and Geeks, but man, it is criminally underseen. You can't even stream it anywhere. Really? Um, it stars. Um, well, I mean, I looked it up. I could not find it streaming anywhere. I, I have the DVDs, but so yeah, I watched too. the DVDs. And um, it's so good. It has uh, it's very Freaks and Geeks vibe-ish. Um, but at the same time, it's set in modern day, uh, which is now almost 20 years ago. Uh, but it stars. It's one of the it's a classic. It's very similar to Freaks and Geeks in the sense that everyone who is in it went on to do a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Charlie Hunnan, the guy who was. Um, in Sons of Anarchy, that's where he got his first big break in America. Yep. And um, it's really great. It, it, and honestly, it's one of those shows where 
of all the movies and of all the TV shows about college, I feel like my, maybe this says something about me, my college experience was closer to that than any like of the other shows and, and movies about college. It's just kind of a very realistic, hey, dudes hanging out in their dorms, you know, drinking when they can, writing papers when they have to. You know what I mean? It just, it felt like a very real, it's a very real look, at least in my opinion, uh, look at college, but it's super funny. Um, and if you can ever watch it, I highly recommend it. Chris, Chris do you have any theories? Because uh, Freaks and Geeks and that show were really good shows, but they didn't, they didn't land. Do you, any yep. theories why? Um, I, honestly, I think what happens with a lot of times with shows like that, and this is maybe why Apatow has succeeded in films, but not in TV. You know, I think you just have to have a huge, and this is, of course, all before streaming. Like if those shows came out as streaming shows, I think they would have found their audience. Oh yeah, that's and probably made, true. And made an impact. Yeah. But this was still the the days of network TV, where you needed to kill, pump out twenty two episodes a season, and you know they ended up both of them ended up in like bad time slots. And you know, I mean, Undeclared was on Fox, and I just don't think it was really their type of show, um, because yeah. it wasn't all about like you know it it had people who looked like real college students, right? You know, no, I think the show would have been better, would mm-hmm. have been more successful if it turned out that they were all in purgatory. <laughs> I, it's funny because I've heard of Freaks and Geeks. I haven't heard of Undeclared. No, Undeclared, it's really good. I mean, there's no two. I that's all I can say about it. Do you Is think you can uh, a full season? Uh, I don't think so. I think there's only 18 episodes, okay. so most of a season. Um, anyway. Hmm. But it's and got you can't get I agree it. with you. It, that is very real. It feels very real the way mm-hmm. being a freshman feels, the way that you meet all these people and they're all kind of different and interesting, but you don't know what you're dealing with. And what's the name of the RA? Is it Perry? Illusion. Illusion. That guy is a, is a riot. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it just, it, it's just real and funny. And, you know, you said, you know, Charlie Hunnam, Jay Baruchel, Carla Gallo. And I think Seth Rogen was one of the writers because he started writing on Freaks and Geeks and like it's it all, and all this great stuff. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he's in it too. It's he's just in it. great one of the main characters. Yeah. And, and I haven't watched that in a long time. Canopy doesn't have that either. I, I don't know. Was, I, 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 I put it into Comcast and Comcast is actually pretty good. It may be on like some lesser known streaming service that Comcast has no it's relationship It's not on Tubi? With. No, it's not on Tubi. It's not on Zumo. It's let's not. Uh, let's start listing every streaming service we know. What about? Come exactly. on, everyone. it's not on XMove or you know. <laughs> but I will say this: if you can track it down, it's totally worth it. Well, if you give Ralph a copy of it, he can uh, he can burn them. And sure. I don't do that. I don't know why you said that. I don't do that. I mean, if if hypothetically, right. if he were to get it, I don't know why you even said that. Uh, Drew, uh, what'd you watch? Uh, so I'm still kind of coming back from the COVID exhaustion stuff. So I make some plans and then it's like, well, I was going to do three things today and I did two of them and now I don't feel like doing anything. It's not like a depression. It's just really, really exhausting. And sometimes, um, I don't really take a nap either. So I ended up watching a bunch of stuff this week. Uh, one thing I will say, um, I watched episode five of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is supposed to be the episode that really turns everything around. That show is, it's so bad. It's so bad. I can't even believe, um, how bad it is, how cheap it looks. It's, it's terrible. And I'm definitely going to hate watch the last episode, which I guess comes out tomorrow. Only six of them. 
Yeah, it's a yeah. limited series. And, and they're uh, short and episodes, too. Yeah, they are. They're, they're definitely not close to an hour or anything. Yeah. It's just, it's just terrible really and sad. It, troubled. it looks like a Smallville level production, like a, they which shot is, it in Which Vancouver. is hard to believe. For I Disney know. Well, that's the thing. Star it's got the Wars. Disney money. And I, I, I don't know if it's yeah, just. Yeah, I was how watching they the guys, uh, Red Letter Media did a whole thing. Um, oh, did they? Yeah, Love and they really guys. were talking about how uh, Hayden Christensen, I guess, is actually playing Darth Vader in the Darth Vader suit. Yeah, uh, but he that. doesn't look anything like he's skinny, right? He's he's not as David Prowse was right. a big dude, right? Yeah, and the, they're staging the fight scenes so that you can't you can't see a height difference between the two guys, and it's like everything's like weird, and 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 Obi Wan Kenobi's running away in the middle of a fight. This they really. We're getting into the nitty gritty about why it's not working and well, how it's. And they yeah. mentioned definitely that it looks. It's getting cheap. destroyed. I mean, it's 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 getting killed out there. I mean, well, I just you can see why they don't have any more Star Wars stuff scheduled for the theater. Well, they, well, uh, somebody who who did I read is taking over. Uh, well, Taika Waititi is making right. He's going to do one. Uh, but there was someone else, uh, someone who loved Star Wars. But you know what? Um, that was, was a problem. Like J.J. Abrams didn't like Star Wars. So, oh no, excuse me, he didn't like Star Trek. Um, well, what these guys said, which I found interesting, is said they, you know, all these people grew up, obviously, grew up watching Star Wars. And if you flash forwarded however many years this it's been and said they were going to dread watching a Star Wars thing in their, mm-hmm. as their adults, that that really kind of said what's going on. Like they've just, they've just diluted the whole situation. They just that you killed can take- it. Well, they it's been going it. on since the 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 last three movies. That yeah, but the I just love That's that thought of if you flash forward and you go, I'm going to dread watching this stuff. It's it was just an interesting take on what's been happening with all this stuff. So and Jurassic still Park's doing the same thing. A glimmer of hope. Jurassic Park. These guys, the other guys I listened to, that um, Eye of the Duck, they're doing a whole summer series on all the Jurassic Park episodes. The first three, and then these. I think it's last four now. Is it four? It's three, I of, think. Three of the new. There's two trilogies, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, they're really breaking it down, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, I'm sorry, Drew. Go ahead. That's all right. Um, I just I want to make sure that you guys know how how bad that show is. It's it's really really bad. <laughs> you really uh, make so, me want to see it now. Oh, it's so bad. I um, I mean, and you know what? Really, at this point, Ewan McGregor is not bad. Right. Like he's doing the same thing. He was maybe the best performance in the stupid movies that they did. Uh, yeah, I agree Google's. with that. And so he's doing the same thing and, and, uh, it's just terrible. Mm. So then I said, well, you know, I've been watching some of the January 6th hearings and some of this new video of all the crazy stuff that happened that day and like literally Nazis and stuff going and in, into the Capitol and all this stuff. And I said, you know what? I'm going to have, I'm going to watch a Nazi double feature. So I watched a movie that I hadn't seen before. It's been on my list for a while and that was called Iron Sky. Um, it's about 10 years old. It's basically, you know, it's your classic story where the Nazis, um, they were defeated on earth. So they've been, uh, in a secret base on the moon planning, uh, for decades and invasion to come back. Yeah. You know, the usual, <laughs> usual stuff. It, it is, it is, it's really fun. It, you won't confuse it with great filmmaking, but it's, it's shockingly well produced for what can clearly only be a very low budget and it's trash and it's, it's very well done and it's fun. And then, I said, well, I'm going to finish up my weekend. Um, I had the day off yesterday for Juneteenth, so that was nice. So I watched a movie that I haven't watched in a long time that I've actually heard about um, on a bunch of podcasts, including Eye of the Duck. I sat down and I watched and I again loved uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's just it's just one of those perfect movies, just uh, it, all cylinders, the whole movie. I don't want to get into a whole is it better than Raiders? Is it worse than Raiders? Because I mean, the two of them just work. 
they just work so well. And it helped. It's one of those movies where I know every line and I know the intonation of it and I know everything. And I don't, I don't mind, you know, like I, I don't, I don't mind like reveling in it again. And it really, it's very moving and seeing the night at the end, Robert Edison's performance, the way he waves goodbye. Like it's the whole thing was really just beautiful. And that feels like one of those, they don't make them like that anymore. I hope that's not true, but um, it's really good. So that was one worth revisiting. Some movies, you know, you're afraid to go back and watch that yeah. one. Um, and their chemistry was great. I mean, Connery. Uh, yeah, well, Sean, and I mean, Harrison Sean Connery's Ford just, yeah. it's just I mean, incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, that was what I watched this week that I'm talking about. There's plenty more if John wants to do. Yeah. An extra What's the uh, winter? Afterwards. There's a zombie Nazi zombie Nazi film. Oh well, you're talking about Dead, Dead Snow. Snow. Dead Snow. So Dead Snow it's is so uh, is the first movie where they find the Nazi zombies, and it's not it's not awful, but it's not good. It's very slow. Yeah, but it's, and then for some reason they made Dead Snow two, I mean, which is awesome. Yeah, you like got really Nazi awesome. zombies. I mean, what are you gonna do? I, mean, I know, right? Well, they the Dead Snow two. They're like, well, you already know these characters. You already know our heroes and who you know got their you know dismembered and stuff. Now they're gonna fight the Nazi zombies, and it's awesome. So bloody, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, oh, one thing I'm going to remind everybody: Hassan and Uncle Al are going to be here Saturday as well. So we're going wow. to have the full. Do we have to call him Uncle Al? Can we? I think we can use his real name. Okay. Uncle Marty, All right. I'm not sure is, how that works. Uh, when you're in All witness right. relocation, you got to be careful. Let's get to our film. It's Chris's film, and noticing the background is that what is that background? That is the modern um, cityscape of Hong Kong. Okay. Yeah. And Hong what Kong. is our film? We know what the film is, but why don't you talk about the film? Yeah, uh, the, the film is Wong Kar Wai's 1994 film called Chungking Express. On the streets of Hong Kong, a mysterious woman, a young cop, and an innocent dreamer are about to meet where mystery and romance collide. Miramax Films and Rolling Thunder Pictures present... Wong Kar Wai's Chung King Express. Time Magazine calls it a delicious romance. A knockout, terrifically stylish, raves the Los Angeles Times. Weekly calls it a genuine wonder, intoxicating from first frame to last. Chung King Express, a film by Wong Kar Wai. Chung King Express, put, put very simply, is a story about two uh, lovesick policemen in Hong Kong Island. And now this is pre-handover Hong Kong. And um, if you're a big fan of Asian cinema like I am, you can you can tell the difference um, to a certain extent, especially more modern Hong Kong films. Um, and what I mean, like since 2010. Um, but basically, this is an it, believe it or not, this was a film that was brought here to the United States uh, in a wider release by Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. uh, back, if you guys remember, when right after Pulp Fiction and he could do no wrong, he actually had a small distribution company called Rolling Thunder Pictures, uh, named after the um, William Devane and um, 
Oh, oh, I'm blanking. The guy, they go down to, and um, they go, the, the guys that go down to Mexico, William Devane gets his hand stuck in it. Anyway, the point is, he has a hook. Is Rita Hayworth in there? No, no. no it was um, Susan Hayworth. Ah. Anyway, so he brings over, he, his whole idea behind Rolling Thunder Pictures was to, to bring over um, foreign films and some, uh, you know, exploitation films and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how many films they actually distributed. I know they did Switchblade Sisters, but this is the one that, you know what, whether you did anything else, it's, it's, it was worth the effort just to bring this movie over to a wider audience. Um, this is a film that is uh, gorgeous. It's full of energy and uh, it's, it's got tons of style, but it also has lots of substance in my opinion. I mean, sometimes we joke on this podcast about films that speak to the human condition without sounding too pretentious. This movie really does. Like it's got a lot of real honest emotion and honest heart all the way through it. And I love, love every minute of it. Um, I don't know if I'd use the word honest, but okay, go ahead. Keep okay. Going. But the interesting thing about it was Wong Kar Wai had done a couple of films, uh, smaller films. They're both great. One is called as tears go by. Um, and the other one is, God, I keep, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on all the names. Of Day, of Days time. of being wild. Days of being wild. I can't believe I couldn't remember that. Okay. Yes. So he started making a big wushu, you know, Kung Fu sword fighting epic called ashes of time. And he'd been shooting it for literally over a year. And then he started editing it to the point where he could not, he just got bogged down in it. So he literally shut everything down and shot this movie in like 30 days. It's almost like a, fun palette cleanser kind of thing apparently he was writing the story during the day and then shooting at night because you'll notice pretty much everything um at least in the first story takes place at night um anyway so like i said it's basically about these two policemen and the only real part where their their stories intersect they intersect slightly is they really intersect around this place called the midnight express which is basically a late night food stall you know and so uh, people come and people go and there's, it's just got this great energy about it. And uh, some of the cinematography is, is amazing. Like in this, he does this weird uh, Christopher Doyle, who was the, the DP on this, does a kind of a weird kind of slow motion, like blur. So at, on the one hand, everything seems to be in slow motion, but at the same time, it seems amazingly frenetic. And that like, was on every that, like that, that, frames. Yeah, that effect was on every Sony DV camera that came out. Then yeah, yeah. That's anyway. the, that's the 15 frame DV effect that Sony okay. puts on every one of their cameras. But anyway, yeah, but he uses it to great effect. He starts opinion. the film with it actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. He starts the film. So basically, it starts and there's this one policeman who's actually Japanese, interestingly enough, and uh, he he's trying to get over his ex girlfriend um, who dumped him. And he's decided to give May. it a month. Her name is May. He's decided to give it a month. And it has some, she loved pineapple. Anyway, before I get into all the little bits of it, I'm going to stop now and just, I want to, I want to know, first off, if you hadn't seen it before, what you thought about it and just shoot. I'd love to hear what everyone thinks about it. I obviously think it's fantastic. It's literally probably in my top 25 of all time. Well, I have a question for you. If you can keep mm-hmm. on continuing on to tell us more about it, because sure. somewhere along the line, I lost the thread. I think the problem with um, when I was watching it, I got confused. There were two police officers mm-hmm. and they look so similar. One was Japanese. <laughs> and they had different numbers on their shoulder. Yeah. yeah, one was six thirty-three. I don't know. Cha- I don't know. Was, no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Debbie. 
that mm -hmm. when you first jump into this thing, it's a little disconcerting because you're watching this uh, Greta Gar I guess she's the Greta Garbo of Hong Kong, the woman playing the woman with the blonde wig and the rain the raincoat. And the sunglasses. And, mm -hmm. and you're kind of figuring out that it's a – she's setting up a drug deal. She's got all – I think they're Indian. I don't know who the – you know, mm -hmm. the, the geography of the thing was – I guess you have to know that that's actually how it was in Hong Kong. It was that crowded and people were that packed in and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you're watching this drug thing seem to happen. And then she – that scene where she intersects and he says, I'm going to fall in love with her in 48 hours or 87 hours. I forget what he said. 57, but yeah. Right? And they – in that – so that's kind of, and she's shooting people in that, that mm -hmm. part of the story she's shooting. But man, I'm glad I stuck with it because I just found it, I watched it twice. I just wanted, I just, I just couldn't believe why I was falling into this thing. Because the Hong Kong films, they're either really goofy comedy mm -hmm. or they're John Woo style. I mean, that's what Quentin Tarantino, I mean, I went and saw a video where he was talking about why he decided to do this. It's very Godard, you know. They shot like mm -hmm. they shot Breathless and all this stuff. So you got that, but but you know, John Woo has a certain style. This one, it the, part of it is the woman who played the the waitress, who was a Madonna rock star or something of Hong Kong. Fei Wong. What's it? Fei Wong. I just fell in love with, uh, and and it, and it just and as cheesy as it is, and I don't know if it's the the, the uh, translations that turn it into cheese because a lot of times. They're translating and it sounds kind of staged and goofy, mm -hmm. but the show, the show had, it's the earnest, they're earnest about their, their feelings yeah. that they're trying to express in these films. And I just, it, at first I was like, what's going on? And then I'm glad I stuck with it because, oh my God, it's just beautiful. So what happened? What happened in this movie? It's about two, like he said, two cops who are both got broken and they both broke up with their girlfriends mm -hmm. or they got broke dumped. the girlfriend's broke. Get dumped. So the girl with the short haircut. She was the popular uh, Madonna type. Yeah, she was the waitress. And she was. She. This was actually Faye Wong. This was her first acting gig ever. She was actually a very popular pop star in Hong Kong, um, and so they. She was in the film, and you know she won some some Hong Kong film awards and things like that. And she just kind of has a. You know, an exuberance that it's it's hard not to like really just be drawn in by. This isn't one of the songs they use. It's a uh, it's a it's a remake of uh, a Dreams. popular song, but she did it right. Dreams, uh, yeah. Cranberries. She yeah. sings. Um, yeah, it's Dreams by the Cranberries. Yeah. Um, and uh, she, yeah, she's actually the one who sings it. So I, I mean, personally, I love that part too because being a big fan of the Cranberries myself, and. Um, you know, kind of being in my twenties when the cranberries were huge um, and being a big fan of the cranberries, like it's this great moment because it's like, you know, the song, you know, the, the lyrics, but it's in a different language. Right. So it kind of has this wonderful similarity, but yet, uh, you know, foreignness to it. You well, know, and uh, the audacity, the audacity of the guy to play California dream and nine times in the oh, yeah. film. I mean, that's the other, was thing it only gonna, nine times? I right. think it was nine, maybe a little more. I don't know, but the, the audacity uh -huh. to do that, you, you know, you put that in somebody else's hands and it's like, what is going on? And for some reason, and it has to do with her. Cause every yep. time she turned that on, she starts dancing and doing the thing because she mm -hmm. doesn't want to think or whatever. And then I the other woman, California dreaming than I heard of that thing you do. And <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You yeah. think about how many times that was played. Um, I think I got sick of this less than that thing you do for, well, I also love California dream and I love the, you know, I love that song. That, I'm glad that I doesn't heard it. Song. But the other woman was, uh, what's her name? I got, I wrote it down. Uh, Bridget Lynn. 
mm-hmm. who is a the Greta Garbo, I think, of Hong Kong. And this was her last film. She quit after this one. Yeah, she and got married. And I guess she's she's famous for playing, got famous for playing a woman who's playing a man as a god in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. She became an icon of kind of playing men. And she was fantastic. And that getup that he put her in was a tribute to Gloria, to Gina Rollins, mm-hmm. uh, the Cassavetes film called Gloria. I think it's Cassavetes directed that one. Yeah. Um, I so I just, all that stuff, because you start reading after I, I watched, I literally watched it twice because I was like, the first time, Bebby, you're right. It's like kind of confusing. But then you let it wash over. I let it wash over me and I'm like, oh, I'm totally in, especially when they get to the second where she's doing the thing in the anyway, I don't want to get to, but she's the apartment where she's cleaning his apartment when he's not there, and it's just. Changing and I got things. it at the end. At the end, that last shot where he says to her, "Take me wherever you want to go." I got chills, chills, yeah. because they cut to the credits, and you're hearing dreams. I think at mm-hmm. that point they cut yep. over, and it just gave me chills. And I looked up the woman, and I I wanted to see you know Wong. I wanted to see her stuff, what she was doing. I just thought it was fantastic. That's my two cents. John, Drew, anybody. John, um, I uh, no general. <laughs> in general, this in general. definitely was not my uh, cup of tea. That's a shock. I, I, uh, I, I, I was lost. Push me over with a feather. Like, like I, I know why she wore the wig and the trench coat, and it wasn't. Yes, they went for the Gina Rowland look, but she was filming a movie at the same time, and they didn't want to have to redo her makeup, so they stuck her in the wig and the glasses. Brilliant. The problem I had with it was there was no payoff to that. You, you could tell she was wearing a wig. So I thought there was going to be a payoff to that. Like that whole storyline mm-hmm. just kind of ended and it went nowhere. And like she killed that one guy in the bar who looked like an American. Yeah. And I wasn't even sure who that was. I think he was the drug. The drug. Well, you think? I, I mean, I didn't know. No, so that I mean, added I can... to my confusion. Yeah, and then we was... went to. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, he he was the guy that double crossed her. Right. He's I didn't get that. Double, yeah, I kind of, the, I kind of figured that, but mm-hmm. I didn't get it from my watching. Maybe if I watch it again, I'd pick it up. Yeah, because there's actually a scene where, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, it's not super glaring. It's, it's like you're kind of seeing halfway through the, yeah, you know, back into the back room of the bar, and he's actually talking to a couple of the mules that disappeared on her, right? And so she's obviously trying to figure all of this out. Right. You know, where they've disappeared to. I mean, she kidnaps that guy's little girl. Right. And give her ice cream. Gave her ice cream. Yeah. Right. But like he does, she does all this stuff because, you know, he's given her that, that, um, that tin that says May 1st. And it's kind of, you know, and it, and it mirrors the fact that you've got, you know, the other detective who's like, you know, May 1st, I'm going to, I'm going to get, you know, I'm done with it on May 1st. I'm going to give it a month. And I just, I really found that part engaging because, because it's like, you know, sometimes when you're in the middle of a breakup or you, you're no longer seeing somebody and you're, you're not sure how you're supposed to feel, you come up with these arbitrary rules. You know, you'll say, okay, I'm not going to do this or I am going to do that. And if it gets to this point, I'm done. Right. So like, I found all of that to just be unbelievably real in my opinion it just it struck me as something that someone would do you know i mean not necessarily eating 30 cans of pineapple but expired but, pineapples but i could see people but they're not quite Probably still yeah, well, no, the day of me. yeah the that's day kind of, of you know I, when i saw the pineapple eating um you know well, this is what I mean. Chris is like pretend, not pretending, but Chris is explaining that this is what normal people do, and this is like what you do, and there's a breakup. But this is like way, it's like a, it's like a fairy tale. These people yeah. aren't acting like 
real people in a breakup? I disagree. I do. Let me put it this way. Um, I know we've talked about Vim Vendors on this before, you know, um, Wings of Desire, right? Mm -hmm. He made a film uh, called Until the End of the World, right? And I saw it many years ago. And I'll be honest with you. I always watched that film whenever I broke up with a girl. I don't know why. It just made me feel better. Like, well, that says something about you. I mean, that's yeah. what you, that's what you, that's good. I mean, but, but that's I don't okay. eat 30. My point is, is I'm not eating 30 cans of pineapple, but I am watching, you know, at least the version I had. Well, the but then he kept asking the woman, do you like pineapple? Do you like pineapple? Do you, oh, this is well, what I mean about trying goofy, to break the ice. Yeah. He's trying goof, to break the ice. Goof, goofy Hong Kong films. Go ahead, John. Continue. Well, if I could just continue for a yeah, moment. Sorry. I said, John, uh, continue. No, it's okay. It's your movie. You should be able to do what you want. I just thought like, like when the second part of the movie or the second story was going on, I kept going, okay, when are they going back to the first story? So I can mm-hmm. figure out what happened to this guy. So his big love thing, you know, I'm going to be in love with her in 57 hours was watching her sleep in a hotel. That was how he fell in love. And then you never saw that again. And and then it, it was, uh, it, it wasn't like last week's movie that I hated. Okay. I hated that movie. I didn't hate this movie. I, I appreciated the acting. I appreciated the stylization of it, but it did not. Uh, so I, I was I was working out when I when I watched this, and usually when I when jogging? I'm on the treadmill, jogging when I'm on a treadmill oh. watching a movie, and it's a movie I'm engaged in, the workout goes by like that. You don't even realize you're working out. Mm-hmm. This was this was kind of a grind watching this movie. I kept mm-hmm. I, I kept thinking to myself as I'm watching it. Where is this going? I, I just don't see where it's going. And I kept waiting for something, maybe back to the other story. And then, you know, she's in the house and and she's stalking him, basically. And, they you know, they keep kind of missing each other. It just didn't um, it didn't really hold because it was I found it a little bit confusing. I get the whole themes of, of uh, you know, breaking up and finding someone special. I, I got that, but it just, I don't know. It, it, it just didn't work. It didn't keep me engaged in the film. Like I'm hearing you guys. I mean, I certainly appreciate how you guys feel about the movie. I just did not feel that way. It was just too confusing for me. And, and if I'm watching a movie, picking apart the, the logistics and stuff, that's not what you want in a movie like this. You want to just enjoy it for what it is. And I couldn't sure. do that. So and I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. So it's fine with me. Can I just that's say, it for me. Can I just say something about the um, if that's the case, if it was uh, miss uh, pe- people missing each other in a relationship, would you say, Chris, that was it? Well, I mean, I think it had more to do with the idea of you know things ending. You know, I mean, he even talks about it. I mean, you know, he talks about the narr- in, in in the narration. Um, you know, he says, you know, everything has an expiration date. You know, friendship, love, it all has an expiration date. And I think what it, it really comes to in this in this, in the, in the film and what they're trying to get across there is that like, you know, these are two guys that have, you know, they're on their way back, you know? And yes, in the first story, he doesn't meet anybody new, you know, but he kind of comes to this peaceful place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He stopped obsessing about May. I mean, he was obsessing about that other woman on his 25th birthday. You know, he gets that, he gets that message. And I love the whole beeper, like what a throwback, right? The beepers and the answering services and everything. And when he and walked he, away from it and started beeping, he comes he running comes back. Running back <laughs> yeah. And he, but he, but when he, he listens to it, it's, you know, your friend from room, right. whatever it was, 702 or whatever says happy birthday. Right. And it was like just that little bit of um, validation yeah. from somebody that he was 
mystified with or in love with for a few hours was enough to set him right and to set him back on going back to who he was. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I love that. Sometimes it's just a little nudge in the right direction. Just the smallest bit of, of positive reinforcement can really just buoy your spirits and set you back. You know, I, I mean, I look at this film where it's got a lot of like, especially in the second half, the second story, there was a lot of those like romantic comedy type. Oh, I'm not going to go so far as to say tropes, but the, you know, they're kind of missing one another and there's all this back and forth and there's, you know, missed connections, whatever. Yeah, you going want to in call one it. door, out the other door, you know, the whole French exactly. forest where you go in one door, out the other door. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, he's, he, he was, and he was, like you said, he was trying to have fun. He was, tr- he was doing this to clear yeah. his head from the other one. They're like, let's try this. Let's try that. And they, I think they were literally writing it on the set. You said he was doing yeah. it at night and then coming in, but they were changing stuff on the set. But yeah, anyway. when she was in the uh, apartment that he was in, she was hiding from him in the apartment. Did mm-hmm. that really happen or was that his imagination that was happening? <laughs> Uh, no, no, it was I, happening. I, I think it totally happened. I mean, yeah. eventually he catches her. There, she was right? hiding in the closet. You know, I mean, eventually. That was so he, crazy. Now, did they did they get together then? Well, I, we don't know. Maybe. At the end, at the end, it seemed positive. It seemed like they were. Going I like to, that you know, the cop never noticed that there was twice the goldfish he had in his tank. Right? Yeah, he never That's, noticed. Never noticed that. She's, she put a spell on him, Drew. Yeah, jump in. Well, I mean, I I saw this movie, um, I guess in college. I'm I'm like you, Chris. I love Hong Kong films uh, of this era. Uh, I love a lot of movies of China in general. And this is three years before the handover, so it's it's fraught with something that we don't feel today. Um, but I think it really captures the intersection of Hong Kong as far as the intersection of cultures and languages and not in a glamorous way. I mean, no, the drug no. mules are from this country and this person's from you know America and that person's from some other part of China. And I think part of it also is the, the languages that scene where Takeshi Kaneshiro's cop is mm-hmm. trying to get Bridget Lin's um, rain coated drug dealer, murderer lady's attention at the bar. He talks to her in, I think it's Cantonese, Japanese, English, and Mandarin, and she doesn't respond until um, he says Mandarin. And it's funny because, you know, in America, basically, we have one language, and sometimes people also have Spanish. But I mean, just like there is no language that's Chinese. There's so many different dialects and different (laughs) things. And and to to have that just be part of how they talk to each other is really, it's kind of neat. And also, um, I don't know about not telling them apart, but you have to remember another thing that you don't, you don't pick up in this if you don't know the, the movies and the, the world of it. Like these people are big movie stars, either already or about to be. I mean, Bridget Lynn is in one of my favorite movies of all of the, um, Wuxia, uh, crazy martial arts movies, Bride with White Hair, uh-huh. uh, which is just epic insanity. Um, I don't even know what you'd call it. Fantasy period action. It's just great. And then, um, uh, Takeshi Kaneshiro is still making movies. It's funny because uh, the guy that's really the, to me, I mean, I just love him and everything is Tony Leung, who plays the second cop. And he's a guy, he's in early John Woo movies. He's in Hard Boiled and mm-hmm. Bullet in the Head and stuff. And he's in early Wong Kar Wai movies. And uh, he's still working today. He's uh, he was just in the Marvel movie. I mean, like yeah. it, these are these are people that are gigantic movie stars. And Tony Leung is um, especially a, a, just an amazing actor because he can do so many different things. And I, I um, was uh, I may have mentioned before I was at the Cannes Film Festival 25 years ago, and uh, I saw Happy Together 
Thank you. Oh, wow. I did not meet Wong Kar Wai. I, I wanted to meet anybody. I wanted to meet Tony Leon because I just loved Hard Boiled. But um, uh, Wong Kar Wai won Best Director for Happy Together, which is uh, a similar vibe as far as the way it looks and feels about uh, two gay men um, in uh, in Beijing. And that's not a good place to be gay. And so that it deals with that. But it's still very human and very personal. And I like that... Um, the movie feels the way it feels uh, because I, I agree with you also, Chris, I think it does feel real. Like these are like clearly guys in their twenties. These yes. are clearly guys who are still like, they have a fantasy of relationships and love and it's, it's very juvenile, but the movie doesn't um, insult them for it. The movie kind of goes on the ride. And I, I think um, you know, not only did he write the script on the fly, I think they improv a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that not like in front of the camera at first. I think he worked with the cast and they improv out the story. And you know, Mike Lee does that and other people do that. And that can make some really amazing stuff. One thing I had forgotten, there's actually two cinematographers uh, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Lau, who's a very accomplished cinematographer. He shot the first half, oh. which, you know, looks like a Wong Kar Wai movie. It has that step printing slow-mo, which I, I hate that, but that's called the, Wong Kar Wai effect, and I know why he uses it and the effect that it, it gives. I, it makes sense. But Christopher Doyle shot the second one. And Christopher Doyle shoots just the most incredibly gorgeous movies. My favorite Wong Kar Wai uh, is In the Mood for Love, which I think you would actually like a lot better, John. That movie is just sumptuous. Yeah. And um, another movie that I, I love it, even though it's politically really very pro-dictatorship and Chinese government and stuff, is called Hero. With uh, yeah. Jet Li yeah. and Tony Leung and other familiar faces are in it, and Christopher Doyle shot it. That is still one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever seen in the theater. Well, this one, so is I think very... this movie is important for what it is, but also how it kind of uh, what it led to. Well, uh, you're talking about this—the second cinematographer. This is a claustrophobic movie. I mean, you're you're in it's small spaces. Yeah. Right? Well, I think that's cool. I think that captures what well, that's Hong Kong. But the shots he picks up in this claustrophobic setting were amazing. And, and I'm talking about rack focus and silhouetted mm-hmm. shots and si- spaces that I don't know how he did it. And, Wasn't and the apartment, the cinematographer's apartment, the one they was. actually used, right? It was his apartment. And that yeah. was a they small, flooded even the downstairs. That, they flooded that, the other yeah. apartments. That area where the, the, the running, I don't know if it's like the, not an escalator, but the, 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 oh, the walking, walkway. the moving sidewalk, the moving sidewalk is yeah. outside his apartment. And, mm-hmm. and the, the shooting through glass and rain mm-hmm. was just gorgeous. I can't and imagine this is, a, this is a 4k version of this must look phenomenal. Yeah. The funny That's what's thing on is, HBO. HBO. I'm watching, I watched the laser disc and the laser disc looked great on this one yeah. too. Yeah. At it's, the end of the HBO max, um, uh, file, it actually says this is the 4k version supervised by the director which i didn't know that until i got to the end of it so that's about as pretty as it's going to look short of watching it on a 4k uh, blu-ray so i mean you guys i mean you're saying it's reality uh, you know 25 year olds but you know these guys are talking it's you know your soap is losing weight that's how he figures out someone's in the house because the soap was gaining weight and the idea that the one guy jogs so that he can get all the water out of him so he has no more tears i mean yeah it's silly it's silly, but I'm, I'm saying that's not, I'm not saying I didn't like it, but to me, it's not real, but that's okay because the whole movie takes on this kind of, uh, ethereal uh, quality. It's something, something where it's, you know, that woman's playing a pixie, basically. She's sort of like bouncing in and out of every scene. You got, you gotta wonder. And she's right magical. There. She's magical. I mean, it's, she's like, a pixie girlfriend. You know, it's like the education level of, uh, the people. I mean, 
here's the thing about the objection I have about this film. It was just thrown together. Now that I see that it was thrown, there's no structure. There's the movie has a beginning, a middle and an end. You know, this has no. This has a beginning, a middle and end. And then a beginning, a middle and end. <laughs> it's got two, yeah, two of each. It's better. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree well, with that, but I understand why you might think that. Well, but Pulp Fiction I, was I, sort I of. Have a chance to talk. Let me just say, um, oof, oof. you know, Very when I think about this film, Uh-oh. what did I cut you off, baby? No, no, no. <laughs> well, let me hit. John, do you have anything to say? Oh, well, good. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you, Drew. Of course. Um, I didn't know. I wasn't expecting this movie. You know, had you never seen just real quick? Had you never seen it, Sean? No, I have not seen this film. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Pretty much every Hong Kong or Chinese film I see has people shooting, each, flying through the air with two forty-five shooting at each other or kicking each other. Okay. So, so this was, and also, you know, and, I, and you said it was about two cops. So I expected mm-hmm. four you know, 44 automatics, you know, one person <laughs> diving this direction, firing both of them and the other one diving in the other direction. And also, um, and when you said, don't watch the trailer cause it gives away too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, after as I'm watching this film, I'm like, what could it give away? <laughs> oh, it, it honestly, the, the trailer gives away the part where, uh, the, the one, um, the one of two violent acts, the, uh, the part where Bridget Lynn shoots the the guy who who double crossed her is that in the trailer? That's silly. I, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure well, that it gives is. the movie a different. Well, we did watch the trailer. I don't know why you guys are reacting that way. Well, <laughs> I, okay. I just want to say that the first part I didn't. There were aspects I liked. Mm-hmm. I've been crazy, stupid in love. You know, I always am stupid in love, and so I could see this whole pineapple thing. I could see that, but, you know, I just, that first relationship didn't seem to go anywhere, you know, but the second one, I just, you know, thought she was great, you know, and I love that, that Mamas and Papas song, and I'm glad I do, because otherwise, I would have, you know, had to turn the, sh- the movie off. Yeah, it's a lot. Because yeah. you hear it a lot, but I thought oh, but she was yeah. very oh, charismatic. So, oh my God, yeah. And I thought it was hilarious that this guy, she's doing all this stuff, and, like, he's a police officer, and he can't figure out any of the stuff she's doing. Well, I think he was so distraught over his breakup. uh, You know, I know I'm saying it's not realistic. You know, I know know I'm questioning that, you know, Chris saying it's realistic, and but you just got to let yourself go and forget that they're – detectives they're just guys who are broken up they're freaking out they don't know what they're doing yeah and you know you're gonna miss goldfish extra goldfish you're gonna wonder why or a new coffee cup in the bathroom that you drink every morning i just she was emotionally realistic that's the thing it's emotionally realistic yeah he's so like distraught about everything he's not noticing anything right right And and let's let's do take a minute to say that you know um this you know the flight attendant that he was with I mean, I'd be pretty emotionally distraught if she just up and left me. She was was a very good looking woman. Was she the same one at the end that he bumps into the store and she leads her down the motorcycle? Honking boyfriend. Yeah. 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 And I do love that part where she's like, you look better in uniform. He was like, you too. (laughs) I like that she leaves and says, you pay for the pay for my stuff. Yes. 
That um, seemed really but, realistic. And well, they they mirror that at the end where he says, "You look great in your uniform," because she, uh, his girlfriend, the, the, the he took the she took the flight attendant uniform. Flight attendant, yeah. and she goes, "You look great in your," you know, he he did. He looked like very charming when he ended up buying the buying that uh, little uh, food thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I fell in love with him and her. I I thought he was he got because at first I'm like, this is goofy. The soap is getting fat, and why is he talking about <laughs> wringing towels out with tears? Both of them, both those guys were saying these maudlin things about. Yeah, they're twenty something romantics. Yeah, but I I guess I don't think guys twenty five are romantic, and and but but this is a well, Hong Kong film, are, so they but uh, I think Hong Kong films. Express this much easier than we would in, in an American. A this, more you'd never see this in an American film like that. The guys would be doing they like John Cusack would travel across the country for the short thing. That's the kind of things that guys in America do. It's American films. These guys are like they are. They're heartfelt and and. I don't say anything. John Cusack was. Yeah, he's them. I think well, either of those cops would have been better if they got a boombox. And held yeah, exactly. out in your eyes. Come on. No, but Boy, he, he did have this. The first guy, like Chris was saying. She called him and said, happy birthday. He got what he needed from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and, and that was the end of that section. I thought the end was her shooting the guy, but it was actually him getting that call from her. I think I, I don't, I forget yeah. when it, ex, ex, I yeah, saw it, it twice. I can't, the shooting, or right. at least actually I've, I just watched it again and I can't remember. Right. But, but I mean, it, the two, I, there are I mean, two distinct things that happened. You know, mm-hmm. she, she ended her problem with that guy and then she helped his situation so he could move on and, end up with somebody he wants to be with so but i but i kind of like the fact that you know once again you know it it basically gives what's kind of cool about it is that it is two separate stories and you know what john you're right you know you're kind of expecting so when's the other detective going to show up again you know and um because i don't know about you but i just found that guy like super cool (laughs) i like i would love to be that guy you know first guy the first guy first guy oh no he's the johnny depp of asia yeah no, yeah. I thought the second guy was the cool guy. I was really hoping he was going to end up with the drug dealing murderer. I was hoping that that he was going to end up with him. But that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I mean, what I liked about it was it takes the element of like two. You you have two kinds of romantic films. One where the person ends up okay, you know, maybe looking at life anew, whatever. And then one where they end up with somebody, and it kind of gives you both of those endings. You know, well, we're not sure that he's with the second, the last one. We're we not, but we, you know. I kind just, of assume, but but we're not, they didn't so they didn't wrap that. On him if that were an American film, they would have wrapped that up. That would have yes, been. Yes, they would have. But this uh, one didn't. But it still, you felt like know. they were. Say anything ended with us waiting for the um, seatbelt light to come on. I well, mean, this it. is this is a movie. Yeah, but they were together. They, but they were together, believe, right? But they believe in love that they think will, if they find the right person, it will last forever. And that's in a lot of Wong Kar Wai's films. That's what drives in the mood for love is the betrayal of that. And so they are just young romantic guys who are looking for love. And uh, being a police officer is probably not a job where you're constantly awash in uh, wonderful romantic loving experiences. <laughs> so they hang a lot on that. I mean, they just, they seem, everybody making the movies just, they're so young and it's kind of sweet. I, mm-hmm. I definitely prefer some of his other movies, but I, I you can see the the root of all of it in there. It's well, neat. it's also the cliche of the the pixie. What do you call that? The pixie woman. There's manic a little, pixie. I, see, I don't think she's well, a manic pixie dream girl because she's totally incompetent. I mean, the poor Piggy Chan, he can't get anybody reliable to work in his, uh, in his, uh, food that's shop. the other thing. The people around her, the actors, or I don't even know if they were actors, those other people that were around her that worked with her. 
the kitchen. A riot. Those that yeah. whole crew mm-hmm. was just. I really like the old guy that ran the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Piggy yeah. Shan. He's great. the boss. The boss. The one thing I thought about um, the different cultures in the United States, usually if you're going to break up with somebody, it's clear cut. You don't just walk out. That's not true. That sounds clear cut to me. Yeah. You know, people ghost people all the time. I mean, you think about about it. You send them a text and that's it. Even that, even that is like bad form, but you, you, you say the same thing. It's not, it's not you. It's not anything about you. It's That's just, what they always me. tell me. It's me. Not you, it's I have me. a problem. I, I can't, I can't it, our relationship, sorry. It's just not working out because of me. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're going to use really it's happy not me. If it's we you, it's not you, it's me. And that's how it's done. It is you. You're damn right it's me. Yeah. I guess it's polite of you to do that, but a lot of people don't have the courage to express themselves emotionally. And a lot of people avoid confrontations and things like that. So that's why some people just, yeah, like Ralph. So some people just <laughs> vanish and that's what they do. And so, or they take a restraining are, out order on you. They could, yeah. I mean, if you're the, especially the first couple, like if you're in love that. with somebody who's, who's gone, you know, she's not coming back, buddy. I'm sorry, but I get that he longs for her to come back. Cause he's not really longing for her at that point. He's longing for a love. Right, he, he was calling a bunch of someone. He wants to talk to the father, then he wants to yeah. talk to the wife. And your it's sister there? Young. I want to talk to the sister, yeah. and I'm going to call this woman. That no, I know. I'm not I'm calling call her. No, I'm but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I was charmed by the whole thing. So um, it took sweet. me a long time to get into the movie. I, I, I'm still trying. Well, Ralph, if you want, there's a. There was supposed to be three stories, and it was too much. Mm-hmm. So you can watch Fallen Angels. I, I heard is, about is Fallen Angels. Sort Angel. of yeah. a sequel, side yeah. cool, but it's basically a similar vibe of of yeah. people in Hong Kong. And if you like Chunking Express, definitely worth your time. But if you haven't seen anything in the mood for love, oh my god! Yes, is that, that on is HBO? Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, most of his stuff is on there. I think. Mm-hmm. In the mood for love. I would love, say huh? that um, mm-hmm. if I had to like, let me put it this way: uh, in the mood for love, I think maybe his best film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, won the Palm d'Or at Cannes, the whole nine yards. Um, I actually, this is my favorite of his, but even though I would say that's a better movie, if you take my meaning. You I know get I mean? that, sure. Yeah. Sure. And I will say this about uh, Fallen Angels, just a little note about that one. Uh, you might like that, Sean, too, because there is some double gun. Mm. One of the main stories is about an assassin. Uh, in true. fact, the main through story is about an assassin with a side story with a crazy guy. Sean, you just didn't like her little gun she used? Is that it? You needed to see a couple 45? I just needed to see a bigger gun. <laughs> okay. Wow. Sean, such a size queen. All right. Let's rate this one. Chris, great. I think great film. I'm just going to say it, but uh, let's let's get so the you're rating. You're giving it the yippee Ralph? Oh, double yippee okay. I watched it twice. I'm in love with that woman. Uh, I, I actually downloaded the Dream song. I think that sounds better than the Cranberries. I mean, Ooh. I know that's sacrilege, but I just, I Loris, just, come great. on, man. She's, I know, I know, I know, but I'm just saying, coming off this movie, I was pretty, pretty hyped up about it. So yeah, me too. I, say, I, I, I have it as well. Double Yippie Kaye. Sean, Debbie. Well, Debbie first. Well, I'm going to take a Yippie Kaye rain check because I was. You're abstaining? That's yeah, a new one. I promise to watch it again because. I Fair enough. Get it, and now that I have a little understanding, so you know, okay. I'm going to try it again at a later date. I, that, that's, in the that's, future, that is a, that's a good way to wiggle out yeah. of the rating. I like that. That's good. Well, I don't think <laughs> she's I not saying. Fair. Yeah, she's not know. wiggling. No, I I, no I, I'm agreeing. I don't I'm not think disagreeing. I can judge it fairly because I, I didn't understand it. 
Well, you got, I mean, people keep saying they want to do a live show at Ralph's Barbecue. We could do another show on Chunking Express after you get a chance to watch it. I think. No, I don't, uh, I don't suggest we do that. Okay. No, you uh, haven't suggested in it. In the no. future, way in the future, like, uh, you know, like after the summer's gone. Jesus. Uh, Sean? Um, yeah, I liked it. You know, it took me a long time to like it. It was really, I didn't really like it until the second story. And I was like, you could get rid of the entire first story and just tell the second one. And um, it was, you know, I liked it. I really liked the girl. I thought she, she was a true pixie girlfriend, even though she wasn't technically his girlfriend. And we I liked Ray with good. the yippee kai. That love had made him so clueless. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's so oh, obsessed right. that losing the girl that he can't, even recognize the crazy things this other woman is doing, you know, and I, and for a while, I thought he was just kidding. You know, I thought his character knew what was happening and was just like, just ignoring it until. So that's well, she- he does that. It's that one scene where he's in front of the closet and he says, I know you're in here. Cause you're normal. And you're going to come out of here. I don't know. Was he talking about her or his old girlfriend? I think he was talking about his old girlfriend. That's what his I thought. Girlfriend. Yeah, I when, thought he's, yeah. when he opens the door, when she opens the door and he's there, it's like, he's generally surprised. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, so he is just really this clueless that he doesn't realize all the yeah, stuff. Right. He's yeah. He's like, he's broken up with somebody. So, he's a you know, this is not a, you know, most of the films I like, I would recommend to anybody. And I don't know if I'd recommend this film to any everybody, but you know I enjoyed watching it. And I look forward to watching it again with Debbie. All right, but but you want now again Yippee Kaye rating? What? Because you said you like it. I'm going to say your... Yippee Kaye. Yay! Oh wow! Now, but and but this one you wouldn't recommend everybody. But my name is nobody. Everybody worldwide. Yeah. Okay. Trinity. Get the... My name is Trinity. They call me Trinity. Maybe okay. not so much. But my okay. name is nobody. Yes. I just want to get the rating set there. Okay, John. Uh, I'll give it a Yippie meh. Meh. Okay. Drew. It's a Yippie for me. It's funny. I haven't watched any of his movies in a long time. Like I saw 2046 and some of the other stuff, but it reminded me. I just pulled it up on IMDb to see. It's from 2007. He did a movie in English called My Blueberry Nights yep. with Natalie Portman and Jude Law and a bunch of other people. And I just never got around to seeing it. So that kind of with a Rai Cooter soundtrack, like it's very, Oh, that's, that's worth 20 second. Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, it's supposed to be at least a good movie. I don't, I don't really know much about it, but that, thank you for reminding me that that's uh one that, that uh, slipped by, mm-hmm. but yeah, Yippie Kaye for sure. It's a, it's a really important good movie, but yeah. it's definitely its own thing and not for everybody. And that's okay too. Yeah. Um, I've seen blueberry nights and it's one of those things where it's like, I re- I enjoy blueberry nights. Um, but I, I wasn't, I mean, I, for me, it just felt like he was trying to do his thing, but yet in an English setting mm, or an American yeah. setting. So it didn't quite work for me, but, but it's definitely worth a watch if you can find it on, you know, it shows up on streaming services, you know, now and again. So okay, I'll check it out. Well, John yeah. Woo had a few of those. It's like, mm, yeah. I guess it's a John Woo movie, but Ben Affleck miss. is in it. So it's not <laughs> yeah. really working. Except for face off. <laughs> he nailed that one. Well, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Good job, Chris. Thanks, Good job. Guys. I love the background. I love the, you know, getting into the whole thing. It's beautiful. The haircut. Yeah. The haircut. All right. Here we go. Pick the next person. Off goes Chris. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> 
Aha! That's one for Sean. All right. Aha! I'm messing up the I'm messing up the wheel. I don't know what's going on. Sorry, everybody. But we'll yeah. uh, we're all going to yeah, get a fair We're going to go with that yeah. one, though, right? Yes, we're going with that one. So, yeah, Sean, yeah. you're up. Yeah. Post wedding movie. So we're going to do it Tuesday, though. You need some time to recuperate. I'm fine. Are you sure? Are you going on a honeymoon? I am fine. I'm sure you'll want to enjoy marriage. I am going to the Poconos in September. Oh. Poconos. Nice. Poconos. Poconos, horn. You're like dirty dancing. No, I'm going right. I go right. I I go in Tuesday morning to work to finish my 9-11 show that I'm in the middle of now, which is killing. That's fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be ready Tuesday night. You'll be looking for something light. Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. I'll see you guys on Saturday. Saturday. Yes. Yep. Right. Looking forward to it. Everybody stay healthy. Do that and, hot tub. Uh, hot tub in the water. Ow! Congratulations. Hot tub. See you soon. Sounds good.